Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Sound Advice. Welcome, everybody, um, to another edition of, of Sound Advice. My name's Steve Jones, and I'm joined, as usual, by Ballard LLP healthcare partners, Mark Scallum and Matthew Watson. Hi, Mark. Hi, Matthew. Hi. Hello there. Hi there. Thanks for joining me today. Um, so today's topic we're going to be talking about is pay transparency um, and uh, more specifically the uh, GP disclosure of, of annual earnings. I suppose I'd open up by saying that I feel that there's probably been a bit of unfair press recently as regards to in or in regards to, to GPs and this kind of feels like it's a possibility that might add fuel to the fire you know, is the press being briefed against being G, from against GPs from somewhere? Don't know, Mark. What's your view on this this GP's disclosure of earnings? Well, I think I think if I was the editor of the Daily Mail, then I think I'd be rubbing my hands and, and counting off the days on my calendar until that information is released because we've got enough crap, frankly. Um, we're on the front page of the Daily Mail, the Telegraph, the Express, what have you, talking about what a bad job GPs are doing, how they're closed for business, how they're not seeing anybody, and isn't it terrible? Um, and added to that, um, as an editor, I'm now going to have more ammunition to throw at them um, around all these salaries, which are, which are going to be reported in the in, publicly reported, and you know that is unfortunately um, what's going to happen, and it's. You know, there's going to be enough problem with the national press, and and actually, I think if we think it through to its natural conclusion as well, there's going to be the local press are going to have a go about their local doctors mm. and how much they earn and who they are. And actually, these are people that are, you know, well known, well respected in the community, and and people know where they are. So it does it does concern me, to be honest. It, yeah. it does feel that like there is an agenda against GPs at the moment. Completely, I think. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm convinced there is. I, I, I don't believe that what's going on in the press at the moment is um, an accident, that it's happening in all of the papers, um, the same sort of messages at the same sort of times. There's there's something going on. Um, and um, I'm sure that we'll, we'll, we'll see how that pans out over the next two or three years, I think. Mm, OK. Skip back. Just for clarity, what is the the, the GP d- disclosure of earnings? Sure. What, what does it mean? What are they actually going well, to do? I guess if we if we skip back a little bit further, actually, it's um, it's not actually disclosure of GP earnings as such. The the idea was if you go back to I think it was twenty nineteen, it sort of came in as part of the uh, it was originally mooted as part of the five year GP contract. It was supposed to be for um, the wider NHS. Uh, population, if you like, so not just GPs, but consultants and dentists and and, and management as well, and they would all have to publish their earnings if they earned over one hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year. Now, where we've ended up is that um, the only part of the NHS that has to report um, for this year um, is GPs, and so it is turning into just a a GP uh, disclosure of earnings. And so, what needs to happen in is that if a GP earns over £150,000 um, in a year. And for the year that we're looking at here is 1920. So for the year through to um, 31 March 2020, and that will align in, in that will align with the tax returns and, and superannuation certificates that follow that year. If your earnings are over the target amount, 150 grand, you have to um, declare that to NHS Digital, go online, uh, go onto the portal and declare it. And you will then end up on a register um, whereby you will be included in a band and there will be listed your name 
um, the organisations from which you earned your income, um, and the and then you'll be listed in bands of five thousand pounds. So you could be included within a band that said, Doctor Jones or Doctor Smith um, works for organisation X and Y, and earned between one hundred and sixty and one hundred and sixty-five thousand pounds. Um, and so that's the end product. We don't quite know when that's going to come out, um, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if we get something just ahead of Christmas. Why? Why? Why are they being asked to to publish these numbers? Well, the idea was transparency. It was actually put into the contract as well. So it's actually a condition of the contract that they have to do it, um, a condition of the GMS contract. And, um, you know, the, it, it's, you know, the government will say it's transparency. Um, mm. You know, it came in as part of a wider negotiation of the contract. Uh, again, whether there's further agenda behind that, don't know. But that's, that's okay. where we are. And am I right in thinking that GPs have to publish these figures on their own website? Um, well, GPs have always they've had an obligation to publish the average earnings on their website um, for a number of years now, probably, I don't know, six or seven years, maybe longer, actually. But I think anyone who's ever looked at those numbers or any ever looked at the calculations behind those numbers know that they're a load of rubbish. Um, so, for example, that the average earnings that go onto your website, um, you don't have to include income that you earn from enhanced services. Now, income from enhanced services is a big old chunk of income. Um, and so you very often, or usually rather, end up with quite a small number, actually, in terms of profit per, part, profit per person uh, that you include on the website. Equally, on the website, the regulations don't, uh, don't require you to um, include profit per, um, or earnings rather, for, per full-time equivalent. It's earnings per individual. So therefore, you know, you're including part-timers and everything within there. It's a, it's a bit of a mess. And so therefore, the earnings on the website is a bit of a nonsense number. And I think everyone recognises this. The problem is the disclosure that we're talking about at the moment is a real earnings. It's the number that, that ends up or it starts with the number that goes on your tax return. So it's a real number. Do, do you know you keep on saying this number 150,000? What, what exactly is that number? You know, how, where, how does that actually equate to what a GP actually earns in a year? So the headline is it's 150,000. Um, but what it from a GP, what that essentially equates to is a superannual profit of, of 150,000 pounds. Now, if you sort of if you think about um, going back in time about the, the, the contract negotiations back in the day, um, there is an element whereby GPs are deemed to have been given some extra income to cover their employers um, superannuation pension contribution and so therefore what you end up doing is is to get superannual profit when you're looking at your superannuation certificate is you take your real profit and you divide it by a factor which is 1.1438 what it essentially means is that from an accounting and tax perspective the number is about 172,000 pounds so if you earn on an accounting and tax profit £172,000, that broadly equates to the £150,000 that we're looking at. Now, there is, uh, it is a little bit um, messy, in fairness, the calculation that comes down to that. Um, but that's the calculation that's already done as part of the superannuation certificate. So in the vast majority of cases, the number that needs to be declared, if, if you're a GP, will be the number that's already been calculated on your superannuation certificate. You'll need, you, you'll, you might need to add some other things on top of that, but that will be the calculation of your GP earnings. Now, that is, in some ways, or in many ways, actually, um, that's a bit of a saver here uh, because 
what it's doing is it's lifting the bar from a headline of 150 to, a, to 172 or so as a real number. So, um, yeah, it does increase it. Well, thanks, Mark. That's, that's really interesting. But what happens if I'm a GP and I'm earning over 150,000, even if it's um, you know, my super annual pay, and if I say, okay, well, I, I refuse, you know, I, I take umbrage at the fact that somebody's going to find out how much I'm earning, so I'm not going to declare it. I think, that, I think that's where it gets even more bonkers. Because I suppose, it, first, first of all, in my view, we didn't expect, we knew that this was going to happen and we knew that there had to be a declaration process. Um, but we didn't expect you to actually have to go online and declare it because the, the NHS already has information to that. Uh, sorry, the NHS already has access to that information via your annual superannuation certificate. So even if you're, even if you're not part of the NHS pension scheme, you have to submit a certificate for superannuation uh, sorry, for seniority purposes. Um, and actually, even though seniority is gone, it's still a contractual requirement that you have to submit that certificate. So they have that information. What we were actually expecting, if I'm honest with everybody, is that they could just take the numbers off the superannuation certificates that have been submitted, and that will enable them to have a complete list of everybody's income. And at least that way, um, they've got the ability to tick off every GP on their list and make sure they've got a complete list. However, um, in their infinite wisdom, that's not what they're doing. Um, now, apparently it's due to a GDPR issue where they can't share the information. Now, um, I think it's probably also down to a piece of, can we really trust the information that's coming out of PCSE with something that's quite so sensitive? Um, and probably that's not a bad shout. Um, but what it means is that um, GPs only have to declare if you are over £150,000. And so if there is no declaration received from a GP, NHS are not going to know whether that is because that GP earns below £150,000 or because they have forgotten to um, submit a declaration or they have uh, willingly decided against submitting a declaration. So it's really... um, I'm not sure how they're going to actually police it. it, it it's, it's bonkers. You know, they, they will know, I'm sure, that they can get anonymized data out of PCSE um, to give them an idea about how many they're expecting to um, declare. And that will give them an idea about whether they've got the right sort of number. But if the GDPR angle is correct, and I suspect it is, then actually they're not going to know that Dr. Smith has put, put a big number on their super insert and should have declared, but hasn't. Um, not how I would have run the system. I would have I would have suggested that everybody needs to declare, and then you um, then at least you've got a complete list. But that's what they've chosen to do, and they, them is the rules. Because just thinking about it, I mean, the um, it's different branches of the government gets to see different things, don't they? So HMRC, yeah, completely. HMRC gets to see accounts. Um, the pensions agency gets to see the superannuation certificates. Um, but I, I I I agree with you. I, I don't see there's any. There's no joined up thinking, is there? And, and no way that anybody no. could police it. But, it's, but it, what it's done is it's created a risk there for the NHS because, you know, they, they, have a, they, have a, they already had a ready-made method that they could, and in my view, should have used. Um, and actually, they've created themselves a problem. And then they, they should have just said, everybody report. And then at least that way, they make sure they've got a complete list. Yeah. And actually, reading through the legislation, there is nothing in the legislation anywhere that says... If you fail to report, we're going to impose any penalties as such. No, it doesn't say that specifically, although if you do fail to report, technically you're in breach of your contract. Um, And I guess the ultimate sanction is they could have the contract off you. But, um, 
you know, last time I looked, there wasn't a big long line of GP partners <laughs> willing to take contracts off people that had them taken off them. So you've got you've got to you've got to think about that angle of it as well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the, the other the other interesting part, actually, I think the legislation just says you have to submit it. It doesn't tell anything about submitting it via a portal. So that you know, I've, I've heard discussions about submitting it on a on the back of a carrier pigeon or something, and that would still meet the legislation. I, I, I do think it does say the health and social care portal, the digital portal. Fine. Yeah. So, bottom line, then, Mark, um, what do they? What do people have to do? Well, I think you, you've got to know the number. So we've we we've, we've now worked the numbers out for all our clients. Those numbers are going out over the next day or two. So there's there's letters going out to clients that says. Um, uh, you know, these are the numbers we have. Either don't worry, you don't have to declare, or you do have to declare, um, and, and, mm. and this is how you go about and do it. So it's understand that. Um, I think it's then also that there may be something in it that if, that if you are somebody who has just crept over that number, just, you know, we're talking about, you know, being over it by a few, you know, hundreds or more, a thousand pounds or so then it might be something to think about, you know, uh, let's have a chat with with whoever your contact is and make sure that we've claimed everything that we could claim for that year. Uh, make sure there's no personal expenses that we haven't claimed and, 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 and have missed. And also make sure that things like the non-NHS income within the superannuation calculation is correct. I mean, if, you, if you're £20,000 over, then, then we're not going to find that, frankly. Um, but, but if there's very small numbers, um, then there might be something there that can, we can have a look at to try and sort of get you below the 150. It's, it, mm. would be, it would be messy, frankly, um, because I think if you were going to do that, then you'd be in a point of where you'd have to um, uh, probably resubmit um, your superannuation certificate and a tax return. But if it gets you below the limit and it keeps you out of the firing line, then it might be worth doing. Uh, as I say, um, have a chat. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, um, I suppose, uh, as usual, people can get in contact with you both, Matthew and Mark, um, on respectively um, mark.skellum at ballardsllp.com and matthew.watson at ballardsllp.com or alternatively you can call the switchboard number which is 01905794504. Matthew, Mark, as always, thank you very much for your time and uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Cheers, thank you. Thank you.